Before we get started, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a couple of seconds, and most likely you're probably on either one of those apps this very moment. A little bit of effort on your end goes a very long way in getting this podcast to as many people as possible. We're all on this journey of awakening and self-discovery. Let's help some other people tune in and listen to these authentic, connected, inspiring conversations. I won't talk your ear off anymore. We got a great episode, and here it is. Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Colin Chapman. He's a physical therapist and an adventure athlete based in Bend, Oregon. In this conversation, we discuss what it was like for us growing up in the beautiful city of Carlsbad, California, the importance of taking responsibility for our physical health, and finally, we do our best to get canceled by talking about gender identity, vaccines, and our daddy issues. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have the distinct honor and pleasure (laughs) <laughs> to be sitting down with a childhood friend. His name is Colin Chapman. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so glad that you're down to do this, and it's very impromptu, just the way that I like it. Yeah. You hit me up like a couple of days ago saying that you're going to be passing through Portland, heading up to Seattle, um, and this morning I was like, oh, like we should just do a podcast. So yeah, thanks again for being here. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So how's life, man? Good. Just living in Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. We grew up in Carlsbad together. Yep. <laughs> I was just thinking about um, how short your hair was in elementary school mm-hmm. and how good you were at handball. Oh, the best. <laughs> Dude, I was slicing and dicing. Yeah. Uh, I remember having an epic battle with Tori. Tori? Who's Tori? Uh, Tori is the girl that had uh one arm oh yeah i remember tori yeah she was killer dude yeah. like she like she was so freaking good yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah my sliders were unmatched yeah they were really low mm-hmm. yeah i think in like doing like eye fakes like when like you're like running one way on the handball court and then you hit it like slice it like right next to the wall oh yeah, and it yeah. kicks off way on the other side of the court but you kind of like dupe yeah. people into thinking that you're just gonna do a normal hit yeah i like leading with handball what else do you remember from those days like growing up in carlsbad um i remember the elementary school we went to we went to middle school together mm-hmm. too yeah we went to aviara and then high school um just growing up in middle class suburbia next to the beach next to the beach it's honestly the most picturesque like like place to grow up in the world yeah like i don't feel like 
Very and, spoiled. Yeah, extremely spoiled and just thinking that we deserve everything. Because it's yep. just like our parents like got us to this place and this is just what the world is. Mm-hmm. And it's very insulated. Um, but I feel like it's like wrapped in trauma as well. Oh, for sure. Trauma and delusion of like this is what the world is. Yeah, it's a bubble. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it truly is a bubble. And I feel like there's a lot of posturing. It's a lot of... uh I don't know, just piggybacking off of like what our parents had accomplished. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, where do we fit into it? And I think a lot of us, um, some of us choose to kind of figure things out on our own. Um, but it's easy to kind of just like rest in the shadows and proximity of the cush lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was weird growing up there for sure. It was this kind of fake world we lived in, especially our generation. Um, Our parents' generation was the peak of success and rising up. And then our generation that started the downtrend (laughs) to now. Seriously. Yeah, there wasn't like a... a lateral like piggybacking off of like their success it's like all right like we did it now y'all go figure it out on your own type of thing yeah and i think that kind of ended like after high school like after high school realizing that it's like oh we can't do the same things like in the same time frame because it's like they're building families like when they're like their early 20s essentially but it's like i'm in my early 30s now and it's like there's no semblance of like a traditional family structure. Oh, like yeah. My mom had me at like 36, 30, 33, 34, 35, 36, around that age. Um, but it's like, yeah, that's just not the case these days. What do you remember? Like, who were you in high school? Who was I? Um, yeah. How did you think, feel like your reputation was and what did you feel like you had to be? I think I felt like I had to be cool, tough, funny a a dick (laughs) um yeah i i was i try i think in high school i tried to pretend to be someone i wasn't truly Mm -hmm. um i think truly i'm quiet i'm introspective i'm a deep thinker i'm intelligent and i think in high school i did the opposite i i was loud i was trying to make a either a name for myself or people to pay attention to me. I acted stupid, um, even though I wasn't. Um, I did poorly in school, even though I could have done extremely well, um, just because I thought that was the cool thing to do. And I think I I had a lot of immaturity back then. Um, and it went into my 20s, I think. I think I really only became myself probably like seven years ago or less who I truly was. I think I was, when I was younger, the, especially growing up, since we're talking about Carlsbad, you had to put on a show for everyone around you. You weren't your authentic self. And I feel like it's even worse now down there. It's just this facade. Yeah. The putting on the show part of it, like I felt like similarly, it's like I had to create an image and I'm, I was extremely shy and quiet, like the most shy and quiet, like the only like semblance of like friendship. Luckily, like I played sports, I played baseball. So it's like, all right, cool. I have a built in friend group. But then I remember 
like going to high school and then merging our high school or our our middle school Aviara with Valley to then enter this ecosystem of Carlsbad High School and like how many kids from just across the town like had already like established like friendships and like playing Pop Warner together and like there was already like a hierarchy of people mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit like I am nobody in this space like like how do I like make friends like everyone's older than me there's a lot of good looking people like I'm don't have any attention from girls like I'm a little bit overweight um I'm shy like how do you navigate this like I didn't have a home environment that like I had like a bunch of friends over and all that kind of stuff like I had a couple of friends like Chris Gebhardt was my best friend growing up um but I didn't have like a giant friend group and I just saw how these like young boys and girls like already had established friend groups. They went back to like their parents' generation. Like how many of our friends whose parents like went to to Carlsbad or were grew up in that area. So they have like lineage and and they're like, oh, like our parents went to the same high school type of thing. So you felt I think a lot of them have like a belonging. But me and my brother growing up in Carlsbad, I never think we had that sense of like true belonging. It was just like we grew up in this like nice gated community didn't really know any of the neighbors and it's like how did we get here and there was no like storytelling from like our dad or or our mom it was just like keep up with the joneses but we were kind of the joneses at the same time it's like who are we keeping up with it's like the Mm -hmm. people around us and luckily like (laughs) my mom definitely took it upon herself to kind of give me and my brother um things that set us apart like cars and clothes and in areas where I lacked like the confidence or just like the personality to kind of make my presence felt from place to place or within school it's like I had the best car in school and I didn't have to speak about it because I'm pulling up in like a fucking fifty thousand dollar truck and all like my car looks better than the teacher's car so Aaron must be cool because he has this fucking fly ass whip and his brother's backing in with the same matching whip. It's like like that kind of, and I always felt like I'm like, that's not me yeah. at all. Like looking back, I, I my first car was a Jeep Grand Cherokee. That was my dream car. But then when uh a giant like F one fifty on twenty two inch rims comes in and says, like, Hey, do you want this? I'm like, sure, I'll take that. But it couldn't be further away from who I felt I was. Totally. I feel like the culture of San Diego wasn't who I was. Mm -hmm. I tried to fit the mold. Mm -hmm. I tried to be, you know, the party guy, the, 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 you know, loud guy, the, the surfer guy, the, the beach guy. And that's not who I was. And it wasn't until I moved away to Arizona first and then to, to Oregon that I discovered that that's not who I am. Sure. I'm, I'm the... I want to read a book at home kind of guy. I want to be in nature by myself kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that fakeness from back home, it, it it felt like looking back, like I wasted so much of my youth being someone else and I could have been me the whole time. And it's kind of a bummer, but it's also a, a good thing. It's a le- learning lesson that I can be authentic now mm-hmm. and be who I really am. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of places to feel safe in who you truly are, though, because it's like I've always been a deep, deep, deep thinker, but just the people I was around, nobody wanted to go to those places. Like totally. I would have ideas about art projects and like 
philosophy or whatever the thing is and just asking like more deeper like deeper questions and there was nobody there that was interested in it like I wasn't like validated by the things that I was trying to explore so I was just like all right well I guess this is it like I don't have any choice because these are just the people that I'm around and the idea of like seeking like others that would also like corroborate with the uh, expansive thoughts and explorations like hadn't even occurred it was just like you just get what you get like this is who this is all you got to work with yeah yeah so we also went to the same college too (laughs) yeah we did (laughs) we went to every single level of school together dude i hated college i hated hated it so much it was basically high school (laughs) 2.0 but with just a bunch of dweebs like a bunch of fucking losers dude yeah like i can't even like i joined a fucking fraternity and shit and it was just like hot and walking steps and i'm like why the fuck am i here yeah i couldn't wait to get out of school and start working i think that started that's like the transitional point where you're in college you're like i just want to live my own life now Mm -hmm. and, and spread my wings and it was like, uh, but I have to put in my time first, and mm-hmm. it sucked. It was a grind. Yeah. What did you? What degree did you end up with? Um, kinesiology degree, a uh-huh. bachelor of science in kinesiology with an emphasis in pre-physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And then I went to grad school in Arizona yeah. and got a doctorate in physical therapy. Dope. What was that? I guess like going out on your own because like that's kind of like where things kind of start you don't really have like a full fleshed out vision of what I'm going to be and all that kind of stuff but just stepping into like a new environment and removing yourself from the familiar because I think that's the thing that holds a lot of people back is like they don't get outside of the familiar yeah because once you do then it's like oh I like this other thing and I can kind of like trade this for that like trade this environment for that environment and you start learning about yourself. And I've noticed like a huge change in you over like the last like five years or so. Like you're not even the same person. It seems to me it would be very easy to just play the standard like Carlsbad model and just be the Carlsbad guy and kind of just make self-deprecating jokes about people and like make self-deprecating jokes about self and just kind of like slap dick type of shit and it's so easy it's like nobody would question it but then for you to go out on your own to Arizona what were some of like the the things that you noticed or changes in yourself that that kind of began from there I think leaving leaving the bubble of San Diego um, kind of awakened something inside that I didn't know was there there's like you were talking about growth, you can't grow when you stay in the same spot. Um, you can't grow when you don't challenge your perceptions about the world. And I think moving to Arizona and meeting people from all over the country that went to grad school with me, from the East Coast to the Midwest, um, who had differing opinions about politics, life, interests, um, the way love should work, relationships should work really challenged the status quo that I was used to in San Diego, which was like the slapdick stuff you're talking about. It was very shallow. There was no depth to anything back home. And then I met people in another space where I was thrown into it. You know, I remember thinking the first time I met people and, you know, going out for beers, I was like, oh, these people genuinely want to know about me. They want to know who I am, what I do. 
um, my passions, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. And I remember our, my friendships back home, it was just drinking buddies pretty much. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think any of my friends back home would even know my middle name if I asked them right now. James? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have the same middle name. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. And, and then, yeah, you know, developing friendships where you could like talk about your feelings and stuff like that. It became more of a growing experience. Sure. Do you find it difficult, like in those initial stages of speaking about feelings and whatnot? Because that's like, it feels very comfortable for me, but do you feel like it was like a wall that you had to kind of like slowly uh, take down within? Yeah. Um, it actually, I think, was more of um, a sudden change for me. I think I was very closed off in my relationships, especially with women. I was very disassociative and kind of an ass and looking back on my past relationships sorry everyone <laughs> <laughs> no we're I, going I, there we're I, going there <laughs> i remember looking in the mirror one day after a very bad breakup of an ex-girlfriend and saying to myself in the mirror like stop pretending to be someone you're not and i remember having that epiphany saying basically you're an asshole like start saying what you feel Start doing what your heart says. Stop pretending to be tough when you're not. And it just kind of changed my life from there on out. Mm-hmm. And I, that was, I think, the first time I started to become happy mm-hmm. was when you realize that you're your own worst enemy. That you, the whole re- reason you were an asshole or not growing was your fault mm-hmm. and that you can change everything around you and yourself to open up a little bit. Yeah. It's a scary place to do that. Like I keep coming back to like that point for me. And it's like, it's either the world kind of crumbles around you and like, there's a traumatic event that happens, but like to look yourself in the mirror and to like, hold yourself accountable to what has happened so far. And it's just like, yo, like, what does it look like to be happy? And this isn't it. Like as, as many times I've tried to rinse and repeat this same modality over and over again, thinking it's going to yield me a different result. There has to be a point where we have to try something else at the end of the day and, and just have faith that it's going to guide us closer to what is truly begging to be expressed from within. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's an interesting thing because there's no no one outside of us is going to tell us like, Hey, like, like you should really switch things up. Like, it doesn't seem like, like no one has like that vision. Like you're the only one that's ever going to fucking know if you're operating like in your authenticity and in your fullness and what it, what it takes to get to that place. And it's different for everybody. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of these types of conversations. Cause it's like the process doesn't end. Like there's, there's still like, I have hangups in all, in a lot of my, like relationships with women too. And it's like, all right, how do I stay open? Like, how do I stop falling into the same self-limiting traps of like low self-worth and just putting up with something just because it's there, it's Mm -hmm. available. Available doesn't mean it's good for me. Like just because I, like I can go down that path, like where's the self-control part of it come into it? Um, So that's something that I'm dealing with and learning how to communicate effectively, which is a whole 
another realm of things where it's like if things aren't said then i'm like all right well we'll just like operate on this like like surface level understanding of what needs to be said but we both understand that it doesn't need to be addressed verbally and i'm like oh that's something that i get from my dad oh shit Mm -hmm. like how do i how do i break the ice with this fear of like rejection at the end of the day it's like if i if i express this truth they're gonna run away and i'm not gonna be worthy of love or whatever that thing is and like it comes in waves for sure over time but yeah that sudden shift for you is is that's awesome so after arizona where did your journey take you after arizona um i moved to bend oregon became Um, a lib became a liberal yeah you're a big lib now big lib (laughs) (laughs) um i uh i was with a girlfriend at the time and she wanted to leave Arizona. She was from Indiana. I was from San Diego. We wanted to go somewhere. We could both kind of start a life. Um, so we packed our car up and drove to Bend, Oregon. And we visited there once and it was a beautiful small town in the mountains. Um, and moved there just on a whim. And I've been there ever since. Um, I've been there five years now. Um, that relationship ended within like six months of being there, but it was the best decision I ever made was leaving that comfort zone. I think Arizona was a small stepping zone, but then moving to Oregon was throwing off all the chains of back home. Um, all the negativity, that lifestyle, that, that bougie fake lifestyle was gone and I could be authentic and I've, loved it ever since I've been there yeah it seems like you've been exploring a lot like I've every single time I check in on you on your IG stories and stuff like you're outside like you're in nature riding your bike snowboarding like what is it snow walking what is it skeeting or something uh it's a ski touring oh, yeah what's it what's split board okay that's what it is and I'm just like oh shit yeah, you're like a- living like this active like lifestyle and like following like your passions mm-hmm. in working on clients and stuff in between. And it's like, you've created a whole new version of self. Like I said before, it's like even the conversations that we've had over the last couple of years have just gone deeper and deeper and deeper. Like I remember we talked like a, like a few months ago and you were talking similar about this type of stuff, like parts of you that I haven't even like known. Yeah. It's just a wild transformation. Like I, like I want to definitely like, highlight that because i'm just like oh shit like and i I've, i think it's the same thing for me as well it's like where people when i talk to even my brother or friends and stuff like the depth that all of us are like capable of where it's like oh shit like i wouldn't have known <laughs> like we're reintroducing ourselves to each other and and not holding ourselves in the same light like we're seeing each other for who we are today not who we were because it's very easy to uh place people in boxes and be like you can't get out of that box like if i totally if i like peed my pants in like middle school or whatever it's like people don't forget yeah no that's like you're <laughs> the guy that peed their pants and and it's it's almost like we hold each other in a limited space just because it reaffirms who we are mm-hmm. it's like if that person's not the same predictable expression then i don't have like an anchor or a touch point it's like if they're not there anymore like then who am I? And I think that's what 
um, I see a lot of just not just in Carlsbad, but just everywhere is like everyone's kind of reaffirming um, their ideas of each other and there's no room for growth. Like you have to have the same like idea and we have to be in lockstep on these certain things because if we, for whatever reason, we don't agree on something, then this whole system just fucking crumbles to the ground. And I think that's like a huge illusion. It's like we should want to change and learn and grow along this way. Agreed. What made you come to Portland? Uh, hairy legs. Um, yeah, you like girls with hairy legs. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it was just coming to that wit's end. Like I was like, yo, like something has like a lot of the times changes become initiated because it's just like you can't take anymore. Yeah. Like it was just like to that point. I was 26. I was working at uh, the golf course, the the executive course, like flipping burgers and like just like hustling it out, like showing up at 4 a.m. at the kitchen, slicing potatoes and cooking prime rib and prepping for like the breakfast shift. And I'm like, I'm ca- I have a college degree. Like, why am I fucking flipping burgers? And I think the, the saddest thing for people is when they're content doing the bare minimum mm-hmm. and i i like to surround myself with people who aren't content doing the bare minimum sure. like you where yeah. I, I you know you could have easily just stayed in carlsbad and stayed flipping burgers and it's so it's easy because it's comfortable and i think people who people who get very comfortable don't grow mm-hmm. you can't you, you have to be uncomfortable in some aspect of your life for growth to happen. Yeah. You yeah. Can't, it's, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, it's like the comfort is like, uh, fuck, it's painful. Cause mm-hmm. it's like when you know that you have all these ideas and it's like, you're not doing any of the ideas, they start to like consume you. And it's just like, yo, like this is energy that I'm storing and processing, but there's no release of the energy. There wasn't any collaborators or anything. And just being in that space and, having as weird as this sounds but like everyone around me just being like yep that looks good that looks about right like that's aaron's highest like that's his calling is to be here flipping burgers while we're out here just chopping it up drinking beer and doing this this whatever thing like a bunch of fucking white people coming in playing (laughs) golf yep there's the chef back there just sweating it out there's all these people in this place and he's hustling back there washing dishes flipping burgers doing hot dogs throwing chicken fingers in grease and all this shit. And when I looked around and there was nobody like holding me to like what my potential is or even saw the potential that I had. And it was like, I had to look in the mirror and was like, I know I can do better than this. Mm. Like I have to do something different. And just like the home situation wasn't the way I wanted it to be. Just like living with shitty roommates that were very content doing nothing. And I was, I had to take responsibility for everything. I was like, yo, like I got to do something. So I like, I decided, I was like, yo, I'm moving to Portland and I'm going to tell people that I'm moving. So it holds me accountable to it. I didn't have a plan. I knew Chris Gebhardt lived here. He was going to OHSU and I was like, all right, I know one person there. Great. Um, but I got to do this thing. And that was the first time I've actually like committed to something and saw it through without any outside influence there wasn't anybody that was like yo you should try this and do that i was like no i gotta do this um and that was just what opened the floodgates of like oh this can actually happen when i 
set my mind to something because I'm so used to just like looking for other people's validation before I even tried it. Like if you didn't believe it, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I would just quit on everything. Um, but yeah, just the the pain of of the comfort and the familiarity. I was just like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm yeah, tired, tired of these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost want to shake people and say, wake up. Like, not that you know, not that what we did is the right way to do it or the better way. You know, there's there's good about home and there's good about staying near your family and there's good about being near the beach if you love it. Um, but there's you need to challenge yourself in different ways. And our way was to leave and start over and be our authentic, true selves. Mm-hmm. You know, I like being outside. I like being in the forest and the mountains. And I couldn't do that anywhere else mm-hmm. or back home. I mean, so yeah. And it's like I used to want to like shake people and say wake up, but I was like I would prioritize their awakening over my own. Like I was just like, oh, I can see what would be good for you. So let me try to like create an environment for you to excel and succeed, but completely neglecting like my lack of willingness to do the same thing. And I just flipped it around. And now it's like, I don't shake anybody. I just go do the thing. And then hopefully that will inspire the people that are close to the edge of wanting to shift their lives or transform or just try something. Because, like, it all comes from, like, having a new experience in the same body. You're like, oh, I didn't know that that was possible. Now it's like, where else can I push myself to learn and grow? And I think we've both kind of come to the place of, like, where, like, health is something that's, like, a priority these days. Where it's, like, you see all, like, the sickness within the planet and, like, how there's, like, a very uh, overly trustworthy global community of people that are just like taking like what these corporations are giving us and it's just like mcdonald's is food there's like a line fucking of 50 cars at fucking 11 p.m at jack in the box and it's like yeah, why blood pressure it's like those high, are, take yeah a those pill. yeah those are the only yeah exactly it's when, like no you should just drink water exercise lose weight and your blood pressure would equalize yeah so I guess let's talk about creatine. No. <laughs> <laughs> protein. Yeah, let's talk about protein. Or at least just like where does like fitness and health kind of weave itself into like this transformation? Fitness is my passion. It's <laughs> <laughs> um I think the big, biggest disservice someone can do in their life is not take care of their health. It's it's absolutely the number one priority over anything is health, mental and physical. And physical health is a great, easy way to get into mental health. But it's eating well, exercising, keeping your body in shape, moving um, is essential not only to longevity and quality of life. It's, it's what you're on this planet for. It's, it's so important. It's... It frustrates me so much when I see my patients who are sedentary or obese or it's it's sad. It's they do not know the capabilities of how strong and resilient they are and how much better your life can be when you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is like the baseline. Like when 
certain things in other areas of my life aren't going the way that I want them to go. It's like the gym in the morning is like my shit. Like that's what, that's the stage for everything. It's like, yo, anything that's not like going at the pace that I want them to go, whether it's like, oh damn, like this client isn't getting back to me. And like, I really need them to sign up for this workshop or whatever the thing is, or this girl or this relationship, or it's not there. It's like, this is something that I can do that is a positive act that is benefiting me. Yeah. Like bar none. And it makes me feel better. Like, I I step out of the mind and just into the body and just knowing that it's like I want to live a long healthy life like there has to be a lifestyle it can't just be like a, a seasonal thing like let me try to get ripped for summer I'm like I'm working out now for like summer 2025 that's going to be like peak version of me um, but embracing it as like a lifelong journey rather than this one stop shop quick fix thing like take this slim tea and you're gonna be have all your problems fixed yeah our society is so bad with that you know i was just thinking of the word dad bod like how girls are like or you'll you'll see on social media it's like oh i love a guy with a little bit of a dad bod or i or um you know and it's like no that's that is the opposite of what you should want and Mm -hmm. it's not a it's not an aesthetic thing it is part of it but it's that's not it it's it's yeah frustrating yeah it's just not the thing is just like it's not healthy and that's the thing it's like is this the best that we can be and yes we can interject like oh yeah like some people just don't have like i don't know like the motivation and blah blah blah. but it's like you have a process and you can gain the motivation and you can get better i think that's the thing it's just like like you said before, just like settling and just like not trying to get better. And it's like, why are, why are people being encouraged to not try? And why are people being encouraged like to just stay where they're at and not improve and not self-assess? That's the part where it's like, why are we just completely blind to like obvious things that we have the power to change? And it's like, oh, I don't want to change it. And I think that's something that becomes tricky to like talk about because you're automatically like being cast as like judgmental or whatever. And it's just like body shaming and all that kind of stuff. And like, no, not body shaming at all. It's like that woman is 50 pounds overweight. Like that's just what it is type of thing. And, and like, she has all the power in the world to shift that if she doesn't want to, that's fine. But presenting unhealthiness and, that's that means you're living less years and quality of life and energy and and ability to be around for your children is affected like these are all connected but i think whenever someone preaches health or wellness or whatever it's like automatically like shunning somebody and it's like that's not the case at all like the the way that we react to criticism or an honest observation if no one around you is telling you that like hey like maybe you should eat a salad everyone's just enabling this lesser version of self and and there's a compassionate way to go about it but yeah it's just an interesting space where it's just like we're expected to just take a pill do that i have a headache like it's astrazeneca or i don't even know what that is <laughs> but like these commercials are here just telling us like yeah like like stay sick and we have this easy quick fix that's going to numb you for, from your senses or that you know being fat is okay and be body positive and you know you know this is an unpopular opinion with people nowadays the woke 
people is it's like yeah you're you're fat and that's that's fine that's good you know you should love yourself and your own body and not change it and you're happy the way you are and I strongly disagree with that I think I think it's it's it, you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice to other people by saying that's okay it's not okay it's it, you're killing yourself you're making yourself sick um in my opinion well it's like you can still like love yourself and know that we're like engaged in a in a process like mm-hmm. are we engaged or are we just completely disassociating and just like making excuses as to like why we're like disassociated from it it's like you the thing is at the end of the day it's like you want to feel good like and have energy and it's like there's certain ways to modulate habits to create health within our bodies from whatever point there's no lost causes and i i think just the idea of like giving up on self is something that doesn't sit well or like feeling like we have limitations like yeah there are extremes and it goes into like a place where i I i'm not going to be david goggins like i'm not going to be doing super ultra marathons but i'm going to be honest with myself that's the thing is like honesty with ourselves like yes there's plenty of places where i can improve um some places are more easily um or i'm more willing to address because it's like it's kind of fun to live to lift weights and to sit in the sauna and take creatine every day and get jacked (laughs) and all that kind of stuff um but i think just as people like like we're on this journey and it's like i think it's just staying on it ourselves and just sharing the things that we're learning I never will like shame anyone for being or doing what they want to do, but for the people that are ready, because there's a community of people that are like right on the cusp. There's some people that as much as you engage and try to like convince, it's like, yo, you're, I'm only exhausting myself trying to convince something, somebody of something that they don't see or want to do. I say it every day to my patients that come in with knee pain and I say, you're 500 pounds. That's why your knee hurts. How do they take to that? Um, it depends on the person. Um, I'm very blunt with it. Um, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you come into me and you're wanting to change and you're saying my knee hurts and I tell you it's because you're 300 pounds and they say, well, what are some other options? What can I do to make it feel better besides lose weight? then I totally have already discounted them because I gave them the answer. I gave them a solution and they're not willing to change. That's the end of the conversation. And sure. Yeah. That is interesting. Cause it's like, we're all like playing towards like each other's feelings instead of like dealing with logic and with the truth of the mm-hmm. matter. And I think it crosses over in a lot of different areas, especially with like woke politics in, I think over the last couple of years has been exposed as like the hypocrisy of left-leaning politics. It's very easy to like identify like a racist, ignorant Trump supporter like type of person and Mm -hmm. like the things that spill out of their mouths and like the rallies that they have. And it's just like, oh shit, this is fucking sinister and dark. And Mm -hmm. and it's like a mind control um, thing that's rooted in this country's history. But like now that, like left-leaning politics quote-unquote like have like their own kind of like marketing (laughs) tenants and all that kind of stuff it's um a place where we can't even like have a forum to discuss beliefs and and have differing opinions about 
like race, gender, equality, and policing, vaccines, all of that kind of stuff. It's like almost taboo, especially in a place like Portland, where it's like if you step out of line, it's like there's a hornet's nest of like people that have felt the call to be justice fight like fighters for justice but it's like yo it's like but the thing is like a lot of them don't even come to conclusions on their own it's like what does the person next to me say all right i gotta be in line with everyone else because i don't want them to turn around on me totally and it's like that's the that's the the part of it that is dangerous is that people are very afraid to like think on their own about anything and explore or be wrong that's the thing it's like you're allowed to be wrong Mm -hmm. i'm i'm open to being wrong and you're allowed to have differing opinions on differing subjects you know there's such in this country there's such a you're either left wing or you're right wing and you can't be both and that's dumb you know like i'm someone who i own a gun but i also think that we should have stricter gun control for high capacity weapons um i am someone who's very pro gay and lesbian rights but i'm also very anti having a biological male compete against women in sports, you know, but if I said that I'm a right wing loony and if I said, you know, the left wing part, I'm a left wing. And it's like, no, you can have a flexible opinion mm-hmm. that, you know, doesn't fit into a box. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, you, there's the, in the left leaning side, you, you have this fear of being canceled or called a bigot. And then on the right wing side, you're, called a bigot yeah. <laughs> or for yeah. an opinion there's no middle ground at there's all there's none like, yeah yeah that's the that's the scary part because it's like even like with this platform i'm still just like oh shit like you better not say the wrong thing mm-hmm. and for full transparency i don't think biological males should compete in women's sports like <laughs> totally. come 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 for me come for me but there's no <laughs> there's no way like and i haven't heard of any like argument that that I think it just completely crumples that side if you don't fully go in and be like, oh yeah, like, like she should be able to swim, like with the women. And it's like, can we actually have like a like a real conversation about it instead of just being lockstep and just being like, yes, because at the like ten years from now, if that's what we're gonna roll with, women's sports will be completely eradicated. Mm-hmm. Like if that's if that's the rules, those are the rules that we want to go by then but i think it's just allowing us to have the conversation like this isn't like a blasphemous assertion or whatever it's like if if there's a a better argument and i may not be articulating it perfectly and i may not be seeing it perfectly like i said before i'm open to being wrong but the idea that we're going to skirt around these things as a society and not have a conversation and you're just going to like shout from your mega horn and and be like oh you just fucking hate like lgbtqia communities i'm just like are you crazy like just like vaccines no. it's like if you don't take a vaccine then you're a grandma killer yeah and if you do you're a blind sheep that just listens to whatever yeah to, to, and it's it's hard to like address those judgments from within too because mm-hmm. it's like i'm i guess i'm just gonna put it all out there like i'm not vaccinated and <gasps> I know <laughs> plunging, plunging, like they probably have an algorithm like with Spotify that like, yeah, there's going to be a COVID yeah, banner now yeah, that yeah. says oh my, false oh, information. Literally, literally. <laughs> but the narrative's changing. 
Yeah. It's like if it, I think a lot of people like once the society is kind of shifted back to normality, like nobody's looking at what stats are or how many vaccines have been taken off of the market and then readministered into the market and then taken off the market from these companies that have had trillions of dollars in lawsuits yeah, across the board, like habitually criminal enterprises that are just like they have vaccines that are basically like uh, outdated or at least like are going bad and instead of just like allowing those vaccines to go bad they're talking about administering a fourth booster just so they can get money off of those things and it's like i've been keyed in and just like listening to all of this stuff even after we've gone back to normal and a lot of the things that we thought were true just didn't pan out and it's not the the same thing but and you're allowed to change your opinion as you go along yeah and a lot of people have just kind of they made their decision and it's like everyone has to be on the same page like we were talking earlier i was like i'm 33 i'm in the gym every day i'm the healthiest i've ever been i am in control of my body and no one's going to tell me what to do but then it's like we're talking like in this society, it's like the abortion, like Roe v. v. Wade being overturned. It's like my body, my choice. Isn't there like a through line to my body, my choice? Like when it comes to, I don't know, having this experimental drug being administered. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. That just seems like a logical like through line. And I, and for clarity, I think the Roe v. Wade overturning was complete bullshit. And I support women, like like to choose it's like why should any state sanction have control over anyone's body absolutely Um, but keep religion out of politics yeah that's just getting crazy but religion out of my life i don't want it in my life yeah these are the conversations that need to be had that nobody is having because it's the fear of being labeled or canceled or demonetized or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah we'll see how that turns out (laughs) yeah uh, what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. What's your relationship like with your dad? <laughs> <laughs> so we used to have a good relationship. Um, and then when my parents got divorced, it was kind of downhill from there, I think. How old were you and your brother? 14. I was in freshman year in high school. And then, um, yeah, you know, he got remarried to a very weird, strange woman. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that from the jilted stepson kind of thing. It was she, she was a very toxic person, and it kind of drug him down this. I would I would say like far right, pseudo Christian path that alienates um, his real family, his kids, me and my brother. Um, and then it got worse in 2016 when Trump got elected. Um, his opinions about race or um, uh, religion became more and more radical, in my opinion. And he kind of pushed me and my brother away because of that. I think his um, intolerance of the gay community, his intolerance of Jews or Muslims, and his um, maybe not racism, but ignorance to the plight of people of color um, kind of pushed me farther and farther away. And I didn't want to be associated with someone whose opinions hurt other people. 
and I told him that uh, via an email maybe four years ago, and I explained to him that I don't believe those things, and I don't believe Jews are evil, and, to, and I don't believe Muslims are bad, and I don't believe gay people will burn in hell. I don't believe any of that. And I think it made him more angry, and we haven't really spoken since. So I haven't talked to him in many years. Do you um, feel like your relationship was like good prior to him remarrying? Like, did you guys have like a like a solid foundation that had been built to that point? Um, I feel like we had a friendship. Um, but looking back and kind of analyzing my childhood through self-respect or self looking in inward um like we talked about earlier before the podcast like my mom taught me how to shave um my mom taught me about sex and love and life um my mom taught me how to iron a shirt um you know my dad was always working which is totally understandable but there was there was still a lack of um true like caring or um desire to be in my life um and I think it started from there and got worse as I got older Mm -hmm. and now it's just non-existence to a point yeah yeah my dad was pretty apathetic towards raising kids and Mm -hmm. it's like going through life like wondering like why don't you want to know me Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, did I do something to you? Like, can you tell me? And like the lack of communication, which is, yeah, like it could be a generational thing or whatever. And it's like, oh, I only like I learned from my dad and da 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 da. But there's a certain point where it's just like, yo, like what the fuck's going on? Like, what's are you good? Yeah. Like, like we're we're here. Like, like you have the thing is like like raising a kid is like the greatest responsibility and opportunity. It's like you get to like create and like basically like customize a fucking person like it was a nike id shoe it's like still values yeah it's like you get to like you get to have your legacy live on within another person when you're gone so it's like another version of you is able to impact the world in the way that you see fit and to just like completely just check out and be like nah i'm good like i'm good it's just like so 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 selfish um but yeah, it's a very interesting subject because it's like you just don't know. It's like, yo, just communicate. Like, can you please just let me know? Like, if you don't, if you'd never wanted kids, like, I would be fine if you just told me. Like, through your actions, it says, I never wanted kids, and your grandma wanted me to have kids, so I had kids. And I just did it to fulfill my own mother's uh, desire to have grandchildren. And that's why I did it. Like, fine. Just say that, but yeah. don't, but don't just like exist in, in like play this like role or whatever. Like when people ask you about like, Hey, how's Aaron and Ryan? And then be like, Oh, they're doing good. I'm like, you don't know that we're doing good. Like we could be dead. You wouldn't know. Cause we don't talk. Yeah. Um, but I think I've, over the years I've created, I've let go of like my expectations and that's kind of freed myself up from being disappointed. Like I've, he also had remarried just like someone who's basically just waiting around for like the paycheck to come when he mm-hmm. passes. Like it's from the get go. It was just like, oh, this woman just wants to be taken care of. And she caused a lot of like damage in our family, 
Like I remember going out to Youngstown, Ohio, where he's from, my dad's from and, um, her like kind of like infiltrating like our family and talking bad about me and my brother Mm. to, to the point where people in our family were treating us different. Like I remember like me and my brother were like just playing around and like our cousin who's older than us, like snapped at us. Like, what do you like? What do you like? Rowdy, like motherfuckers think you're doing da, 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 da. Like, we're like, wait, what? And like, everyone turned on us on like a, like, on a time, on a dime. I was like, wait, what? Like, this is like my family, like yelling at me and angry with me. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And it wasn't until like a couple of years later where like they realized that they had been kind of like duped by this woman who came in and just infiltrating and like spending time with our grandma and like feeding her mm-hmm. information and doing this shit. And I was like, Oh, that's fucking weird as fuck. Like that doesn't make you look good. Like at all trying to do that shit. But of course it's like, my dad's just like, I don't think he wants wanted to have a partner, but it's like just dying alone just doesn't sound fun. Like who else is going to like cook the food type of thing and like do the things while he just like stares off in like a daze of self-absorption. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I I think another thing before the podcast, and this is a podcast exclusive, but my dad got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, or I I, technically, I don't know if he was diagnosed with it, but to the effect of what our relationship is, I had, I heard that from like my cousin called my brother and my brother called me, but I guess he was, my dad was talking to his sister and telling her like the medication that he was on. So she had to do the research of like, what is this medication for? Oh, it's for Parkinson's disease. And then she had to tell her granddaughter, who is my cousin, and then read. So it's like there's no like through line of communication. It's like Mm -hmm. there's no like text or call or anything. It's like, oh, I got to like find out like the roundabout way that he has this disease. And my brother called me and he was pretty emotional about it. And it was the first time I'd heard him express any sort of like sadness it usually like over the last like decade it's just been like yeah he kind of sucks but like i'm good like whatever um but just to hear my brother express the emotion is is something that like it hurts because it's like i think it's the end of the possibility that he'll turn around and like actually like love us and i think that's the thing that hurts the most is like oh he's he's been gone but now it's like oh he's really really gone there's no coming back from from this um there's not going to be an epiphany he's only going to be declining more and leaning into um that space that the disease uh has for him so i'm just like oh shit and having hope for so long and i i realize that like having hope that there is change has been an amazing outlook that I feel like I got from my mom of like yo like as long as there's another day like there's a possibility for a better outcome and for change and for a decision to be made and for us to have accountability and for us to show up in a better way and I I truly believe like living in that space and not in this pessimistic like oh like it is what it is, like, uh, the world is shit, and blah, 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 like, no, like, if you have a vision for what it could be, you have to kind of reserve that space for it to happen, because if you already shut off the possibilities, you're shutting off life, and there's no possibility for anything to grow within that space. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
Dope. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our beautiful listeners? Trump 2024? <laughs> <laughs> no, never. That's the kind, see, that's the kind of shit that like when we say like growing up into that, in that uh, Carlsbad culture is just like tongue in cheek, but it's like, no, they're really like doing it. <laughs> like yeah. they're really like, they're joke around and being like, oh yeah, like ha ha ha. But it's like, no, 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 no. Like that's dangerous for your one black friend in the mass text. Yeah. Like that's dangerous for me. Like, yeah. how do you not recognize that? Like, I remember like the last straw for me in like our fantasy football uh, league that I dominated for say upwards of 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Cane gang all day. But I remember saying like expressing like why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling. And I was told by someone that I was ignorant for saying that. Mm. And I was just like, Oh, like, these people don't care about me at all at all i need to start moving away from this space yeah and i I left that group the group text and the fantasy football group for the same reasons of racist meme was shared about it was like a police officer meme or i don't even remember but i was like i'm done and i left the group Mm -hmm. um that is super sad that you your best friends or who you think are your best friends are so ignorant to your your pain or or things like that you know um it makes me upset and that's why i left it too and it's 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 sad it totally is and it's like we're getting older too that's the thing it's like we're all like living like young like adults at this point like we're not kids anymore yeah and it's like these have like real life like before yeah before yeah before is like all right cool you're like you're 19 you're 18 you're drinking and having a good time playing around and stuff but then it's like there's a point where like the rubber meets the road and it's like there's like safety and (laughs) and like i don't know if if something were to happen it's like does this person have my back in this moment and to not feel like there's a place to really like let your guard down um, but then it's, it always comes back to like, what do you put up with? Yeah. Cause it's like, it's at the end of the day, it's like, it's all of our decisions. Like the people that we hang around, the situations, the relationships that we're in, the jobs that we're in, our health, like all of it is up to us. And there are people that are going to be like, oh yeah, like, but there's a lot of people that don't have, I'm like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you, the person who's like deflecting from the responsibility. Like there's always going to be communities and people that need the most help and and there is ability within those spaces as well and i'm i feel extremely like privileged to have lived the life that i do and the opportunities that i've had and whatnot and the opportunities that i like like create out of literally like nothing um but like we all have so much more power than we think that we do and no one's going to show it to us like we got to show ourselves and i think having that optimism and the curiosity and the willingness to want to see better is something that will serve everyone yep yeah dope well uh where can people find you on the interwebs at colin chapman (laughs) (laughs) if you're Um, not canceled already if i'm not canceled (laughs) if we're not canceled this is very tandem (laughs) this is a a tandem uh (laughs) sled 
<laughs> yeah, God. Well, your your podcast might be censored on Spotify. Yeah, we'll put the explicit. <laughs> this is an explicit episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I work at Southside Physical Therapy. Come in for treatment, Bend, Oregon. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Colin, and thank you all for listening to Opening Presents. Mm-hmm.